over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Come on into my house, y'all. We're here to visit with you, the Arizona homeowner. We are every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We're here every single Saturday morning to answer any question you might have about your house, home, castle, or cabin, no matter where in the great state of Arizona it's located, no matter what you're trying to do. I've been here since 1966. Chances are I've been there and I've already tried it. So call me and let me see if I can't put my experience to help, to work, to help you get done whatever it is you're trying to get done. Here, the weekend of the big game. I'm still not up on all the legal stuff of whether I can call it what it really is or not on air, but I don't think I have the – I don't think Gary has got us the NFL rights to that name. I talked to the commissioner this week, and he uh, said, don't do it. Don't do it. The big game. The big big game. game. Okay. Okay. Family joke. Jennifer asked, what day of the week was the big game? <laughs> Do not tell on me. That is so rude. I know it started with an S. It was Saturday or Sunday. I almost started crying. I was laughing so hard. Anyway, we're here, Arizona Homeowners, for you. Give us a call. And we have invited a special guest to join us this particular hour. Miss Tice Supley. Tice, thank you so much for joining us. Be here, Rosie. Oh gosh! Now, you know what? I would I would work a long time to get a job title like Director of Bird Conservation for Audubon Southwest. It's kind of a dream job. That's a cool job title. <laughs> and Tyson and I have uh, we we met through an organization, uh, Wildlife for Tomorrow, through the. Uh, an, an ancillary affiliation of a game and fish department. I, it has to be about 10 years ago, maybe a little longer ago than that. But uh, Tice, I brought Tice in because our article this week talks about how can we, how can we attract birds in particular to our backyard. And I've wanted to invite you ever since I saw, I think it's been about eight or nine months ago, I saw an article that said that we have lost a billion songbirds in America? Yes, this is a report that came out a couple of years ago where scientists looked at all of the data since 1970 and documented almost a 30% decline in the birds that we love here in North America. And that totaled up to nearly 3 billion birds gone. 3 billion? 3 billion. I knew it was a big problem. I didn't know it was that big a problem. And, you know, I, in, my little, in my little habitat, in my little corner of the world, we participate in the Backyard Bird Survey. And, in the, and we've been in the same house for almost 40 years. And we originally would record eight or nine. And it's, it's, uh, sometimes we've turned in one recently. Yes, some of our birds that eat seeds are very low in numbers this year in particular. Our drought has had a big impact for bird species here in Arizona and the ones that like to visit us in the winter, which is when putting out bird seed can be a way to attract a large number of different kinds of birds. 
And it's incredible to me how particular the birds can be. They're very. They, they they have some very definite favorites, don't they? They do. And um, the the blog that you shared with everybody with the uh, bird shop fellow down in Tucson, yeah, yeah. he gave some great uh, tips on how to attract particular birds to your yard. Uh, for those of you listening in Pima County, it's John Friedman. Friedman's Family Wild Bird Store in Tucson provided a ton of information for us. Ms. Dice, if you don't mind, before we go to first break, we have some callers calling in with questions about their home. Let me see if I can take a couple calls, and and then we'll go from there. I think Mr. Rick has been on hold the longest. Let's bring Rick into the conversation. one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Good morning, Rick. Good morning. Yes, hey, sir. Bud. Hey, bud. Yeah, I've got a sunken living room. That I want to get filled in. Okay. It's uh, 11 by 14, roughly, five inches deep. Uh, I've already got a couple of contractors that have come out and uh, talked to me about it. One of them, he wants to drill it and pour 3,000 of uh, uh, mix in there. The next one comes out, and he wants to put a fiber down. He wants to drill the floor. He wants to put rebar in it. He wants to put fiber mesh in it. I need to know, I mean, it, it's so far apart, I don't know which way to go there. Okay. Um, Rick, I'm going I'm to put you on hold. I'm going to answer this question as we would do it up in Maricopa County, and then I'll bring you back on and ask you if that answers your question or not. When we fill a sunken living room, the first thing we have to do is let's go in and remove the floor covering that's there. Sometimes you've got drywall going all the way down, which means you've also got wood or batten strips or something furring on the, on the stem wall that's going down there. You've got to get all that above the new finished floor level. We never overpour a living room without termite pretreating that existing slab, whether you have termites or not. We go around the perimeter of the sunken living room, we drill it, and we hit it hard with termiticide. We don't always feel like we need to put in rebar in that situation if you're completely contained on all four sides by a stem wall and a step up to the other room. Uh, a good 4,000 PSI concrete will do just fine. You can do it a conventional mix. You don't even have to ask for a custom aggregate, um, and you polish it off. I can tell you, you're going to probably have to raise some electrical receptacles to stay in code. Some of those electrical receptacles running around the perimeter room could now be two inches above the floor. You need to move those up to about 12 inches. And when it really gets expensive is in the outside wall, if we've got... Uh, uh, windows that now have fallen into an area where we need to uh, uh, change the glass. And then that gets really expensive. But I can tell you, generally speaking, when we're quoting filling a living room in, we take the outside dimensions, you've got about 150 square feet, and we tell people you're going to spend about 50 to 60 bucks a square foot doing it and doing it right. And then that all depends on what you're going to do with the floor covering. And don't try and cover that wet concrete too soon. Uh, let it hydrate and get really well set before you cover it up. So, Rick, let's bring you back into the conversation and see how, how that kind of compares to the numbers you're seeing and the techniques you've already talked a little bit. Did that help you in any way? All right. Yeah. What what kind of num what kind of numbers are you seeing, Rick? 
I'm getting it anywhere from 1200 to uh, 4500 Yeah, I, I would tell you that the 1200 I'd be skeptical of that. I, I would be skeptical of that, just calculating in my head how many yards of concrete, how many hours three or four guys are going to be there. Um, I can tell you if we were quoting it, it would be much closer. Yeah. I was say, that, <laughs> I, 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 that doesn't even cover the cost of the concrete with the uh, delivery that's, truck. That's, uh, I don't know how they're doing that. I really don't. So that's a basic lesson on how to fill in sunken living rooms. And uh, we, we are doing it quite often and quite regularly. But uh, go ahead and do all the procedures. And, and like I say, if, you, if a, a glass window, if it's within 18 inches of the floor, has to be tempered glass. So many times if that living room is on the front of the house and you've got windows out to the front yard, raising it they were put in at 18 inches so that they didn't have to be tempered now you've brought them up to 14 inches all that glass has to be tempered and that doubles the price of filling in your living room so i hope that helps rick we're here this morning at rosie on the house talking about your house your home your castle or your cabin, welcoming all the visitors we've got in from all across the world right here in the great state of Arizona for everything we've got going on this weekend. And if you're a subscriber to our newsletter, you know we're talking about birds and birds in your backyard. And we're doing that with Ty Supley, who joined us very last minute. Thank you for being so flexible. You are more than welcome. I'm happy to be here. Jennifer and I were traveling, and when I got back in town, my producer said, you've talked to Tice, right? I said, yeah, 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 sure I have, yes. <laughs> Tice simply the director of bird conservation for Audubon Southwest. So you, you cover New Mexico, part of New Mexico or the whole state? The entire state. Yeah? Yeah. So as you go further east, you end up in the Great Plains, actually. Absolutely. Now, is this... Is this just non-game birds, or is this any and all birds? Um, the Audubon Society is interested in any and all birds. We tend to focus on those birds that uh, migrate, and so those are your songbirds. And Audubon has recently expanded our focus to the Western Hemisphere because we have recognized that with this loss of these birds and so many of them, are what we call neotropical migrants. These are birds that come here to the United States and Canada to breed, and then they fly south to Mexico, Central America, South America. And so we recognize we must understand their full life cycle, what's going on for these birds where they spend um, most of their life, actually. Well, when we get back, we'll talk about tips for bringing birds into your backyard. I was introduced to Tice by a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Steve Hirsch. And uh, he, was a, he was quite an avid bird watcher. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm an amateur, very, and compared to what he is, I'm very amateur. But I want to talk about another uh, couple apps I have on my phone that help me a lot. We're going to do that when we get back, okay? Sure. And we're here with Scott, and we're here with Lynn, calling from uh, the Phoenix metro area, the Fountain Hills area. And we're going to get back after this break 
and answer your questions and visit some more with Miss Tice on bringing birds into your backyard. Spreading the smiles all across the great state of Arizona, right here from my house, Rosie on the house. Welcome all of you out of state, out of country, around the globe visitors. I just have one thing to say. It gets really hot here in July. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that. Just know that. Hey, um, we've been hearing a lot from Tucson this morning. Yes. And Miss Robin called to say she loves the Merlin app. And that's the one you can identify the birds. And she went out in her yard this morning and found seven different uh, varieties right away. So she thought that was just, she said it works and it's fantastic. And she said she doesn't even have like a fancy, real fancy phone. I love it. But she also had a question for Tice. Um, Do you think that the wind turbines are making a difference in the bird population? Uh, Yes, Robin. They are a factor. Uh, What we're seeing, I think, are accumulation of things that are impacting our birds. Uh, Poorly located wind turbines would be one of those. Audubon works closely with the wind industry to try to uh, help identify places that would have less impact on oh. migrating birds. Wow. I, I, you, would, you would think the bird could avoid that. They can't see them. And so what happens when those things are turning, uh, especially— Which is rare. <laughs> right, which is rare, he says. <laughs> Yeah, when they're standing yeah. still, they're they're perfectly safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, All right. just get on I-40 and go through Tehachapi Pass. None of those things are moving. Right. So uh, they're exploring all sorts of different technologies. One idea that I've read about is painting one of the blades a darker color oh. to create some sort of visual cue. Uh, the raptors, the eagles in particular, uh, will get hit by a turbine blade because they're focused on sure that, yeah. catching the animal yeah. on the ground that they plan to eat. Well, on that Merlin app, uh, I was at my office the other day, and it's as nice as it is. I had the window open, and a, and a, a, a bird song caught my ear. And I thought, gosh, that's a, a very melodious, that, that is a cool bird call. I had no idea what it was. So I went around to the backyard, and I just hit that Merlin app. The microphone comes on. It records the sound, and then it, then it identifies the bird, and then you have to visually verify it. But it was a curved bill thrasher. Oh, yes. That is really a pretty little bird song. It's a beautiful bird song. All of our desert birds are singing right now because this is when they uh, build their nests, and they try to bring off their young before the heat of summer. They're smart. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I got to record a curved bill thrasher just this week. And uh, I thought, gosh, I'm going to remember the sound of that. And, and we were at, Jennifer and I were at the Awafria, uh, I'm sorry, the Hasiampa River Preserve. Oh, yes. And there was a particular, very weird noise coming out. And, and someone much more experienced than me could tell I was puzzled. He said, that's a pied bill grebe. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they have that really <laughs> wild sound that they make. <laughs> Man. So I, I use bird watching with my grandchildren, kind of like I use geocaching as a reason. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's just get out. Let's get outside and do something. 
it's it's a great way to get out of doors with any age. And I like the Merlin app a lot because so many of the birds I detect is actually by ear before I actually I see them. So in, in England, you're called a twitcher rather than a bird watcher, okay. <laughs> you know, where you're trying to call them in, actually, by pishing and making sounds to cause them to jump up out of the brush. Well, let's see if we can take one call here real quick from Fountain Hills. Let's bring Lynn into the conversation, see if I can help her out real fast before we go to the bottom of the hour break. Lynn, welcome from Fountain Hills. I bet it's a beautiful morning out there. It is. It looks like it's going to rain, though. It's a little bit cloudy, and we've got a little wind. I understand snow levels in the next few days are going to be down to 1,500 feet. You're about ready to have a $1 million view out in Fountain Hills. <laughs> I already like the view. I just recently moved there in August, so um, I'm enjoying myself very much. Good. What are you trying to do? How can I help you with the house? Okay, so... Um, I don't own this property, and it's a um, complex that was built in, I think, 1987. It faces Fountain Hills Boulevard, and it's very noisy, especially this time of year and all through the early part of summer. Um, the motorcyclists come by, and it sounds like they're right in my living room. Yeah. So I wanted to see what I could do with the windows besides replacing them because, of course, it's not my unit. No, no, no. Okay, I want you to uh, – I'm going to have to break for bottom of the hour news right now. But I'm going to put you on hold, and I'm going to give you a name, and you're going you're gonna to write it down. It's, it's, a, it's a soundproofing panel that mounts to the inside of your existing windows, and it will greatly diminish what you're having to put up with right now. It'll really make it almost, it'll almost make it tolerable. Almost. Mm-hmm. It's that's, a, that's a hard it's, sound to combat. It's a, well, and, and then if you live anywhere up in North Scottsdale, particularly with Barrett-Jackson, but now it's year-round with uh, the motorcycle shop up on Greenway, Hayden, you know, and they, they, nobody's happy. Unless they're at 7,000 RPM, you know, in second gear, uh, going down Pima and Hayden. They're just, they're just not happy unless they're just making a, an audible they're, imprint on the community. Thomas put, Road, by my house. Yeah. When Friday they put the bypass around Wickenburg, everyone thought, oh, that's going to kill the town. It actually made it nice because you can go into town Amen. and enjoy it and not be at that light where you've got 50 car motorcycles trying to turn on the... <clears throat> on the 60s, just amen. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, Chicago. Gotta love the big brass. That's my wake up music every morning. Is this wake up sunshine? Well, this would be, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really know what time it is? It's time for Rosie on the house is what it is. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place every single Saturday morning right here for 35 years. And if you're out and about. Out on 7-6-0-0 North 16th Street. That's just south of Northern on 16th Street. Focus Financial is having their charity car show and open house today. You can bring by donations for uh, teen and child therapy, crayons, markers, pencils, 
Sketchpad's notebooks, and browse the car show. I walked over this morning uh, to check it out before we started the program, and there was at least uh, two dozen cars already there. They were pulling off the trailers and getting them lined up and some nice little classics. Oh, yeah. uh, and you can bring your, your uh, shredding. They've got a free shredder there. you got any tax documents over seven years old you want to get rid of, bring it by. They'll, they got a big old shredding truck there. And uh, Fox Valley Electric and Solar is over there right now talking about uh, question and answer on you know, getting solar installed on your home. So like just a free event if you're in the area. That's happening today till noon. I love the fact that Fox Valley is there answering questions to anybody that has questions about solar. I, I still have that solar summit coming up here in the near future. Um, if, if you're considering investing in solar, just, all I can tell you right now, ask a bunch of questions, okay? And you can go ask Fox Valley at this event right now today and get in a few kicks and look at some uh, some sporty cars, collector cars. We're here with Tice Supply. And again, every once in a while, I run into somebody that I am extremely envious of their job title. How would you like to be director of bird conservation for Audubon Southwest? Thank you, Rosie. I mean, do you get a crown to, to wear with that? <laughs> no. Just a, a, a little tiara? A little bird halo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you had some tips in particular for what people could do to help with the three billion bird reduction we've had in America in the last 50, 60 years. So what are some things we could do in our own backyards? The, the biggest thing is plant native plants. And so uh, there are some wonderful uh, plants that you can plant in your yard at any of our elevations here in our deserts, uh, desert willow, blue palo verde, the marigolds, the desert marigolds, desert, um, uh, the chuparosa, Mm -hmm. Uh, The hummingbird bush is a great plant to plant. Hackberry. These are all wonderful things. And reduce your lawn. Uh, Have a little bit of water. Uh, If if you have a larger water puddle, then you want it to recirculate. A really easy way is if you have drip irrigation, just put one of the drip tubes into a little saucer, and that will provide enough water for birds and other wildlife to take a drink in your yard. So these are easy ways. Uh, keeping cats indoors is a big one. Uh, we learned we learned that one for one of Romy's Boy Scout merit badges. He built a bird feeder for our backyard. You live and learn. We, we really found out it was a cat feeder. <laughs> ne- needed to be two feet higher. than So we, we had to dismantle that bird feeder very quickly. But the, the cats are that notorious. They, huh? they can be, and they'll, they'll kill birds just because they can. They're kind of hardwired to hunt down things. Uh, another big thing that I think is overlooked is less pesticides. Okay. All birds eat insects. So if you have a completely insect-free yard, it will also be bird-free. All right. Something to really think about. And we have a gentleman from Tucson. Uh, his name is Steve. He calls every once in a while and we chat. And he's yep. been uh, feeding birds for 15 years, has had over 50 species in his yard. Nice. But he said just, you know, it's, it's not really a casual commitment. If you're going to do it, it's pretty much a lifetime commitment, and you can get feed pretty reasonable at a feed store, get a big bag of it, and keep it fresh. Um, he, he really 
um, said what Ty said, make sure it's recirculated water, it stays fresh, and to make sure there's habitat. You know, they need trees and shade of some kind, someplace to build their nest and all that stuff. So he, he really liked the topic and wanted to share those. Very good. Well, we're reaching out to listeners. We're, we've got Tice here with all of her expertise. And then John Friedman from Friedman's Families Wild Bird Store in Tucson help us put the article together. And it talks about the different types of food types and what you can use specifically to attract any one particular species of bird. Right now, Tice, I'm, I'm going to take a break, and we've got Scott, that, or, I'm sorry, Rhonda. Yeah, you need to finish your answer oh, yeah, to Lynn. Um, to Lynn. You were going to yes. tell her what wind is to use those. Matt, thank you, Jennifer. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Gary. Lynn is sorry. She's been very, very sorry. patient. Lynn's the most All right. patient person Lynn, in the world. I'm sorry, Lynn. Uh, the, the, the soundproofing. Uh, the distraction wins. of live broadcast. The product you're going to want to look up is called Magna Tite. Magna Tite. They're actually manufactured in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They are plexiglass panels that are made for the hurricane uh, territory. When the hurricanes come, you actually attach these magnetic plexiglass panels to the outside of the windows to keep them safe and from shattering from air pressure disturbances or flying trees and limbs. But they also do excellent job on dead silencing noise. Okay, and they are infinitely more expensive than a brand new window. And they can just pop on and pop off. Magna Tite. You order them, they install very simply. It's very, very easy job to do. And just clarifying, it's less expensive then. Much less. Much less. You, you, you can do a, a window that would cost you three or $4,000 to replace. You can actually soundproof it with this panel for about 250 300 bucks. Worth you it ca- for some good shut-eye, huh? You catch yeah. that, Lynn? Yeah. Yep, that sounds great. All right, Lynn. And Thanks then so much. Once you have that done, you can get like an indoor water fountain and add a nice, nice little sound of running water. That'll help blend it all out. It helps right up until about 4,000 RPM. <laughs> Some, Can't help and that. If you've got one of them eight or twelve cylinder cars in second gear above five thousand RPM, you would need to be under Niagara Falls, not here. Or those motorcycles that just insist. Okay, let's go to Rhonda. Okay, Miss Rhonda. <laughs> Hello, Rhonda. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Good. What are you trying to get done today? So we have an older home that uh, the previous owner was a um, home decorator, and so she put wallpaper everywhere. Okay. <laughs> including on the ceiling. Okay. So oh um, looking at what the best way is to get that off and, um, well, and not damage the drywall underneath, because I think they did it directly on the drywall. Okay. Well, the fact that she was an interior designer, you would hope she did it right. And and you ha- before you install wallpaper, you're supposed to size the wall. And part of the reason you size the wall is to actually make the wallpaper easier to remove in at the time you decide to remove it. And when I when it gets to removing four rooms of wallpaper, Rhonda, the one thing you have to remember is if you don't mind, it don't matter. It's mind over matter. Uh, it, it start with some kind of a steamer, start with hot water, start with hot sponges and see if it just delaminates from the sheetrock by itself and comes off fairly easily. If it does, 
then she did it right. She sized the walls and it's going to come off pretty easy. But now you've got to get all that glue residue off before you then put the new finish on the wall. Now, if she did it wrong and she applied that wheat paste glue to raw paint, um, you're going to get about halfway done with the first room and then you're going to leave it like that for another 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> You buy what's called a tiger paw, and it fits in your hand. And it's a wheel with hundreds of little teeth in it. And you drag it over the wallpaper, perforating hundreds of holes all over the face of the wallpaper. Then you steam it. Then you hit it with hot sponges, and that helps a little bit. But if it's not properly sized, it's going to be a mess. Go to one room that's the smallest. Try it in a little particular area. See if she sized it. If she is, you're going to have a, a, a you know, it'll, it'll come off pretty easy. If not, then you call me back. <laughs> we'll take it to step two. And oh. when you use that sponge or a spray, whatever you're applying for the water, I mean, let it sit for a while. I mean, Absolutely. You, it, it's not like you spray it once and it's done. I mean, uh, some car, the paper hangers will actually start on the room spraying it and they'll go all the way around the room and then when yes. they're done they'll come back and then Thank start you, doing Romy. the scraping so it, it's got to soak for a little while and then if it's a foil faced wallpaper uh that complicates thing too because it won't allow the water to penetrate so then you really have to go to that tiger paw tool and apparatus okay so that helps Rhonda. That helped Miss Lynn out in Fountain Hills. That's what we're here for every Saturday morning to answer any of your questions about your house, home, castle, or cabin. And we're here this morning talking with Ty Suplee, the Director of Bird Conservation for Audubon Southwest. How about Audubon membership? Yes. <clears throat> Audubon has over 400 chapters nationally that are local. Most of them are volunteer. And here in Arizona, we have eight chapters. And I would encourage anyone who wants to learn more about birds, uh, birds in your yard, gardening for birds, get in touch with one of our chapters. We have three right here in the valley, Sonoran Audubon, Maricopa Audubon, uh, Desert Rivers, and then Tucson Audubon Society down in Tucson is a very large chapter with lots of resources and people that are very knowledgeable. Tice, where do you office? We are located at our Nina Mason Pulliam Rio Salado Audubon Center. That is a cool building. That's a cool property. That is a cool property. It is on the Rio Salado at Central Avenue, south of the river. We are going to have a light rail stop. No kidding. Yes. All right. It's under construction right now, so... Getting there at the moment is a little challenging, and I can't wait till I can pop on the light rail. And, and, and there, there are portions of that campus that are available as venues, right? Yes. Some so, and, and Yes, so the building is, is available for rentals. We have, um, we have a prom booked, and we book weddings there. Mm. And it's a great place to come with uh, any ages. We're about to redo our exhibit space, and so it's lovely, and it's within the Rio Salado Habitat Restoration Project of the City of Phoenix, which is um, 400 acres of restored desert and river habitat. Good-looking building. 
Really a good-looking a good-looking campus, a nice piece of property. It really is. Well, Tice, again, I got you. I, I just got you on the phone the other day to see if you could be available to come join us this particular Saturday and cover this topic. And I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your time off, your weekends, and joining us on one of our regular work days and educating the Arizona homeowner from Nogales to Page, from Eager to Bouse, uh, and every every space in between on what they can do to draw birds to their backyard. Well, it's a topic I love, so thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it, it, it shows, and you've been at it for a good long while. And now, um, did I read you're a Cornell grad? Yes, I did go to Cornell University. Were they involved in the ornithology? Or- yes, or- the Laboratory of Ornithology is located in Ithaca at Cornell. I spent many, many hours uh, at Dr. Tom Cade's Hawk Barn, which was the predecessor to the Peregrine Fund, uh, observing hawks. Wow. And learning about how we could bring those birds back. So when DDT was banned, we recovered peregrines and our American bald eagle and pelicans. So I love their app as well. Yes. That, that, what, eBird? eBird. eBird is wonderful. That that is a great app. And next weekend is the Great Backyard Bird Count. Next weekend, okay. So I encourage people, anybody can hop on and use eBird and help us learn about where our birds are hanging out. Awesome. Yeah, I've been a member of that uh, Cornell app for for years. Folks, it's Rosie on the house. When we get back, we're going to wrap up our three-hour program and talk about what we think we want to have you take away from today's broadcast. Stay tuned. Don't miss this last segment. Big, big weekend. Big, big week in Arizona. And we're going to put on a Arizona weather showcase. Snow levels down to as low as 1,500 feet. All of 1,500 you, feet? 1,500 when is that? feet. Oh. That's coming up. There's snow in the valley. Carefree and Cave Creek could yep. see it. Yeah. Yep. Four, oh, I can't wait. Four peaks going to be I covered. Love it. But for all of you who are listening to the show and maybe just visiting in the, in the state for the first time, or maybe it's many repeat visits that you come, I just want you to know one thing. We love Arizona. Uh, we love. I've loved it since the day I, well, it took me about two years to get used to it. I, I came here from the south bayous of Louisiana to the desert, the Sonoran Desert. It took me a little acclimating, but once I got used to it, I loved it. Loved it for 50 years, 55 years. Um, but you got to know this, folks. It gets really hot here. <laughs> Just know that. But before you, before you call a realtor and start looking at property, it gets really, really hot here. All right? So what are our takeaways from today's show? Before we go there, can I get one thing in? Jennifer always hands me a bunch of questions that come in on the Internet that we answer online. And, Jennifer, I promise you I'd get to these three, and I didn't get to any of them. And I'm only going to get to one, Max. Max has a situation where he's trying to fill in his garage door holes around his holes. Max, here's the clue. You gave me the answer in your question. My home is six months old. Hey, buddy, if your home is six months old, you get a hold of the contractor that built it and submit a picture and a written complaint that you'd like this taken care of. And more than likely, they'll send their warranty home services man out there and get it taken care of for free. So you've got 
about another a year and a half to uh, notify him. But do it right now and do it in writing. Now, Ted and Chandler and uh, Patricia and Sun Lakes, I'm going to have to reach out to y'all during the middle of the week. I won't have time to cover it this particular show. Sorry about that, Jennifer. No I worries. I told you I'd do it. We had a lot going on today. We had covered a lot. What are your takeaways for today's broadcast? We covered a lot of ground today. Well, I hate to go back to it, but the wash at the end of the days did get some good feedback. And I think it's really, um, you know, something people think about but don't like to talk about. So I had a lady call and say, you need to say these things, figure out how to say them nicely. <laughs> so anyway, I'm working on that. But she, she had an idea that she and her husband had her mother at home with them until she was 98. And they ended up going that route at a bidet. But they've installed one for themselves for muscle memory so that by the time maybe they've lost their memory or functions and stuff, they, they still know how to do that. So I thought that was a different aspect, you know, just go ahead and get used to using one. I found out how popular bidets were and these living-in-place appliances were when I actually mentioned it in a Kiwanis Club presentation. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to say this goes back about eight or nine years ago. And at the end of the meeting, at least eight or nine of the guys came up and said, there's a hands-free toilet? <laughs> Is there really a hands-free toilet? And I think we ended up uh, installing four or five of them. So that's Jennifer's dignified, independent and dignified living, living yep. section that she brings to the show every single weekend. Miss Tice, how about your takeaways? You've joined us here for the last hour. You, you're Going yes. home with any little pearls? Well, I came to talk about birds, but I was taking notes about filling in that sunken room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a common one. It's a yeah. common one. It really is. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, Tice, we charged a lot of money back in the days if you wanted that yes. as, an, as an extra. And now we're charging a lot of money to fill them all in. But Yeah, filling in the living room has some very, very specific protocols. Get with the building department that has jurisdictions in your area and find out what they are before you proceed. Roma, your takeaways, buddy. Well, I just wanted to say with uh, uh, all the extra road in town, don't forget we've got that great useful tool that ADOT helps put out called donttrashaz.org. So you can report any kind of littering, that you see stuff thrown out of vehicles, uh, bulk trash reporting. So don't trash az.org. That's a great heads up. Welcome to all of you that are here visiting the great state. I've got, I've got several takeaways, but the takeaways about uh, encouraging birds back into your backyard, I especially appreciated the points you shared there for water, cat control, Less uh, pesticides. And less pesticides. Uh, excellent option as well. And native plants. That's just one more reason to plant native plants. Tice, so please, thank you so much for joining us this broadcast. Folks, y'all have a great week. It's going to be a busy week. People say I'm antisocial. No, I'm not. I just don't like big crowds. I'm staying home all weekend.